Hello, everybody. Uh, Nathan, a.k.a. Sooner here. Um, and we have another episode coming to you. This one is going to be about X-Men Gold, and we are going to have an affiliation breakdown. I am here with Matthew, a.k.a. Shadow Marvel. How are you doing? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Excited to break down some X-Men. So let's uh, go ahead and get started, and welcome to the Gamers Guild. All right, so you guys know how we do this. We break down the uh, leader. We will kind of give a box that each of us thinks is a real good purchase and a real good asset to the affiliation. Uh, And then we'll each pick a splash character to to go with X-Men. And then from there, we'll kind of break down what we think, their play style, things like that. So um, what do you think of X-Men Gold, Matthew? I I think X-Men is a fantastic affiliation. I felt like they were a little slow out of the gate. Like, I don't know, like a year slow out of the gate. Um, they seemed a little under underwhelming at first. But as the affiliation's been growing and padding out, I, I've, I've loved how the affiliation has shown itself to be a very competent, very um, competitive as well as um, very surprisingly, I like how, I guess, insular it is. Like, it's really an affiliation you kind of want to run as much of, as many X-Men as possible, which made it very hard for me to pick a Splash character because I think most of my rosters are almost exclusively mutant. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And they're just really fun. For some reason, I don't know why, but when I play X-Men, it's the one affiliation that like I don't want to splash anybody. I want to just play all X-Men. Whereas like when I'm playing other stuff, I'm like, I feel fine about, hey, I want to bring this character in or anything. It's like when I'm playing X-Men, I'm like, no, I want all X-Men characters. Right. I, I mean, and a lot of people, uh, you do this with a lot of affiliations. I know people do this with X-Men too, because I've heard it from other podcasts, but you know, usually think about the leadership and you know, like Avengers, you're like, okay, who would be who really loves Steve Rogers' leadership, and that that's part of what you think about when you build. But uh, with X Men, or specifically X Men Gold, um, I always feel like I just want to run as many three threat mutants as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we'll get into that. Obviously, uh, I think we both agree they have a slew of really good three threat characters that uh, I think has really pushed them uh, in a good spot. You know, they uh, recently, there was a lot of complaints when they first came out as they weren't, you know, top dog. They, they weren't super competitive, uh, which I mean, I, I think they were, they were fine, especially at that point in the game. Um, but yeah, a lot of recent releases have really, really upped how you know, competitive they are. I know they uh, just recently won a, a big tournament, the Atlantic City Open, um, and nice. that was yeah, that was an X Men win. I know that multiple people made top cut in season seven, playing basically almost all X Men. Um, one, I mean, one of them beat you to to get in there, did. and then uh, and but I think and I then think lost you got your revenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, one of our one of our good friends, Coffee Time, he beat me in the Swiss. He was my one loss in the Swiss, and then 
uh, we got paired together in the top 16 game. Uh, we each won our first game in the top cut, and then we got paired together in the top 16 game, and I was able to get revenge on him. Um, nice. Which uh, which felt good. but I mean, uh, Nice for you. Not, not as nice for him, I suppose. Yeah, we were really bummed because we're friends. We talk, and, and so we were really bummed that we got matched up uh, against each other. Um, I was really bummed about the whole top cut situation because the first round I got paired against a guy from Central, and then the second round I got paired against Coffee from Central, who I'd already played, and it was like, dang it, why do I keep getting these Central guys? I mean, it makes it easier for uh, you know scheduling. Yeah, it is true. <laughs> we had zero problems scheduling. So, but no, I think X Men's really good. Uh, obviously, they have come a long way. Um, Let's talk about their fearless leader of the X-Men Gold, Storm. Storm. Um, do you want to go over her or you want me to? Um, I'll, 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 I'll take the first one on this one. Right. Uh, so Storm, I think Storm gets a, a bit of a bad rap because she is not easy to play. You know, she is a, she's a little paper. You know, she doesn't have a lot of stamina. She doesn't have a lot of defense. She's got, I think, no defensive tech outside of her leadership. So, stealth. oh, she does have stealth. Yeah, she yeah, has the yeah. better stealth. Right. She has the yeah. better the stealth. You can't get rid of. Yes. Um, but more or less, I think the goal when you're facing X Men Gold in general is that you kind of want to get into their faces. So the stealth doesn't play as much of a of a role. So the problem with her, you know, going into it is that if you're in any kind of crisis setup where she has to be in the front line, like a C setup, then it's hard to protect her unless you have someone there who can protect her, which, you know, X-Men have gotten some protection in the last wave, but um, then she could easily go down. And I, and, and, the other thing that I think people had problems with is that she's not very offensively inclined. You know, she's got a four die sure. builder with a wild shock, so it's unlikely you're going to get the shock, even though shock is a great, you know, condition. Um, and it's got range, so that's nice. But all in all, it felt like it was hard for her to get power. Her powers were pretty expensive. She was very weak, and she would die. And I think that that put a bad rap on her, but I also think that she's not as bad as long as you play to her strengths. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I do think Storm gets a bad rap. Um, I'm not going to make any kind of state crazy statements like, hey, I think Storm is great three threat character. I think, you know, she's should be splashed more things like that no i, I think she no. you play her as the leader of x-men and that's all you're gonna see storm but i do think she gets a bad rap of uh you know people saying she's way underpowered or she should be a two threat I, I don't agree with any of that um i think she has some really good things on her card um certainly i think she dies pretty easy if someone gets in her face um she's a three four three with five health on both sides so um, yeah, she can die easily, unfortunately, but that's part of the game. Um, obviously, if you can keep her, I mean, the main thing is keeping Storm at arm's length from the opponent because she has that stealth that we already said. She can get cover from her leadership. And I mean, Lightning Bolt is a great builder. 
Um, her attack suites are, are below average. There's no doubt. Um, but anybody that can give out shock on their just regular zero cost attack, uh, I'll take it. Right. I mean, and if someone's trying to come in to kill her and you can shock them, that's really going to help her survivability. There's only um, two who do that, right? It's just her and Hawkeye. Her and Hawkeye. I mean, Thor can obviously do it, but not with a free cost. It no, costs he has one. To spend it. Yeah. Um, so I think they're the only ones. I, I I'm sure there's other shock yeah. givers out there, but I don't think on their. Buildings. I don't know with the free attack. Yeah. Uh, also, one thing that you know, uh, her throw is one of the best throws in the game. Um, I, I really honestly believe that. Um, I don't think it is the best because of the three cost versus two cost, but being able to throw a character and it be range three is huge. Yeah, but it's only size two. Yeah, but that's usually all you need. You just got to pick and choose when to use it because it's not like Storm is usually, uh, you know, full on power a lot. So unless she's dying. Um, so, I mean, I think a range three throw is so good when you can activate her at the end. So you keep her safe. And then at the end, you activate her to double move and throw somebody off or move, be within range three, throw them off and then just move back to your safe spot. I mean, I think any, uh, any three threat that has any kind of displacement attached to them is worth looking at. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I mean, I think you're overselling the throw a little bit. I mean, to compare, uh, the closest um, comparison we can have would be Medusa's throw, which granted is on a four threat, but it's also three cost, and it's also range three. It's also throw short, um, but it's size three or less. Yeah, I mean, I think you get that because of that's where the tier of play, paying one more threat comes in, right? Um, and and yeah, I mean, saying one of the best of the game. I think it's a top throw. I think anytime you can throw a character from range three, I think it's a really good throw. I mean, it, yeah, it's not as good as some of these, you know, other insane throws that cost two costs, but uh, I don't know. I mean, that range is that range restriction is really, really nice. Two versus three. Yeah. It's the same uh, throw as clear. Well, Clea's got a lot of options, but I think Clea is a little, dare I say, a little underrated, but I don't think she's good. <laughs> I, I agree. Um, agree. Agree there. <laughs> yeah. Clea d- kills herself, which is, that's my main problem with her. I mean, the nice thing about Storm is that it's kind of okay if she gets a little beaten up, um, as long as you have a plan to keep her from getting KO'd, because she like you said, she's she's still. It's a really good throw. She has a really good way of dealing with her power because she has the throw and she has the eye of the storm to um, to add two dice to her attack rolls. You know, which isn't amazing for three power, but you know, six die energy attack uh, when you need it is good. And also, um, it's attack action. So mm-hmm. it is, uh, if you attach it to, if you have the power, if you end up sitting there with seven power, you can do the hurricane, which is the area two, and it becomes a seven die area two attack, ignoring line of kite of, of, of sight and cover. Although 
I don't think you get cover range yeah, it's two anyway. Range two. So I mean, on like rocket or yeah, something, but yeah, yeah, rocket, and then it it forces auto damage on flights, and your allied characters don't get damage, which is one of the biggest things I dislike about area attacks is the fact that they it's very hard to set up an area attack that doesn't hurt your own people, and hers mm-hmm. doesn't hurt her own people. Yeah, and she's got a beam. I mean, look, we said it earlier, her attack suite is not where she makes her money, right? It's, she has a below average attack suite. Um, you know, she she's worth a three threat, in my opinion, because of being able to shock, being able to, to kind of stay in the back and maybe score points, although I don't know if that makes her necessarily worth it her throw, and then, of course, her outstanding leadership, which we have not touched on yet. Right. I, I definitely think she's worth her three. I do think she's probably on the bottomest of tiers of threes, though, just with not counting the leadership. Yeah, I would agree. If you, if you throw out the leadership, then, yeah, I mean, she's not, she's not tearing up the world, but... I mean, that leadership, so so the people who may not know the leadership, uh, if you're within two and you're not holding an objective once per round, you can do the X-Men hop, so you can place yourself within one of the character um, that is within two. Allied um, so character. Allied character, yeah, so it doesn't have to be an X-Men, can be any of them. Um, that's, so that's very good. Um, you can do that, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure you do that when they're dazed. Um, so they don't have to be, you know, alive. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good, any out of activation or out of action movement is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so that right there is great. And then of course, if a character attacks any allied character and they're not within two, you get cover, which we all know how strong that is. Um, which hence why Matthew said earlier, you want to try to come at them and get within two. So they don't all have cover. Right. So that's Storm. Um, you know, I think we both agree she's certainly not the strongest three-deck character, but she does have some positives. Um, I think she gets a little undersold about how bad she is. And, of course, such a wonderful leadership. So let's talk about who would you bring with Storm. Well, since I started off Storm, I want you to take the first one. That's That's fine with me because I don't want you to steal who I'm going to pick. So, well, I have um, three choices, so I'm flexible. <laughs> the, the box that I wanted to choose uh, was Rogue and Gambit. You probably knew I was going to choose that box. but yeah, um, That's why I went with a different one as my top choice. Yeah, well, I, I think, in all honesty, I am a Gambit fan, but that's not the sole reason. I think that these two people, if you are going to try to build onto your X-Men, let's say you just have the core X-Men, I think this is a really good box to build up your X-Men collection. Um, the four threat characters that are been in X-Men um, are much maligned. And, you know, for, for good reason. They're not always the strongest characters. They have their niche uh, times that they're good, but they're, they haven't, they're not the strongest. Uh, just put them in and play. And uh, that's really where Rogue can come in. Rogue is an extremely strong character. She's four threat, so she gives them that, hey, if you need a four threat, you can play me on any scenario at at any time, and I will do work. Um, Rogue has a suite of superpowers. I mean, I, I 
don't know if I should read them all or, or go over all of them, but she has charge. She has marvelous strength, which is obviously a throw. Uh, it's terrain only, but it's still a, a pretty good throw because she can throw a size four. Um, I think one of her coolest and best uh, thing on her cards is the mutant absorption. Uh, she gets to pay two power. She rolls five dice, and for every crit hit and wild, uh, she takes away a power for each one of those. And if they run out of power, then they take a damage for every hit, crit, or wild. So if they have one power left and you do it and you get three hits, they're going to lose that one power and then take two damage and not get any power back. Uh, really good ability really like that and then of course she has uh creed mutant physiology which is invulnerable she takes one less damage so she's very hard to kill because she's a four three three yeah rogue is one of those characters that when she activates she just keeps doing things Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you just like watch her do things and you're just like is her activation over yet she gets essentially three actions with her charge she gets to do throws she gets to suck power out of you or deal damage to you i mean she just keeps she just keeps doing things yeah i mean she's she's kind of a jack of all trades right she can really do everything um her spender is really good and it only costs three and she gets to auto throw a size four so she doesn't have to hit a wild she doesn't have to damage she just gets to throw you so that's right there fantastic her strike it's five dice, um, so of course it's dice dependent, but it has sap power to help her build power so she can do all those superpowers. She gets to choose yeah. physical or energy, which helps in the damage dealing. So she's just such a, a good flexible piece. She, she's a she's a premier beater. Mm-hmm. Yep, I would agree. She's tough to bring down. She has... Uh, but I, I think she's even more than a beater. I mean, she has ways to displace. Uh, she's very good extract holder. She has action economy with charge. Um, she just kind of can do most of all except attack outside of two. <laughs> I mean, there's arguably two of the best superpowers in the game is damage reduction and charge. And she's got both of them. I would say they are the two best in my in my humble opinion. Um, I think those are the two best superpowers in the game. I feel like this is a constant thing where I say something is arguably, and you respond by saying it is. This is like our thing. <laughs> I said in my I said in my humble opinion. I don't disagree with you either. I, when I say arguably, it's because I think it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I arguably think it is too. <laughs> Uh, so that's rogue i mean i don't know if there's a whole lot else to say i mean like you said she's a beater she gets up in your face she has a ton she can do um and she really helps the affiliation because she gives them a really good fourth threat which they didn't have yeah yeah so um and then the second one is gambit um i think uh gambit's a very good character i think gambit's uh biggest problem is X-Men have so many awesome three-point characters. Um, it's probably his biggest issue. But uh, Gambit's a five health on both sides, three, three, three. Um, so he he's not the toughest character. you got to play him KG. You can't just run him in and think he's going to survive. 
um, but he's got a push on his builder. Uh, it's a wild push, and it's only four dice, but he has a lovely ability where if he gets a hit, he can change a hit to a wild. So if you pay one power, you get that push. So it's a fairly, fairly high success rate in getting that push. Um, yeah, it's something push, in the 90s. Yeah, and that push is size three. So he offers a good bit of control. Um, the other thing Gambits offers, which I love, and for some reason, it's almost like some people, I don't know if they just don't like to roll dice or whatnot, but he's an insane damage dealer. Um, he has to be a little powered up, but this guy can do some insane amounts of damage. I'm talking like top level damages in one activation. Yeah. I assume you're referring to the fact that he essentially, once he has three power, he has an eight dice range three builder. It is a seven, but yes, yeah, seven dice. Oh, seven dice, seven dice, yeah. right. The power is three, um, the dice yeah. is two. So he has a seven dice builder with explosive. So not only are you doing a seven dice builder into somebody, but anybody within two, you're likely going to damage them. Then, if you can build enough power off of that, because that's a, you get power damage dealt, you can then possibly do one of the funnest attacks in the entire game. And that's 52 card pickup. It is a beam four. It is expensive. It's a four cost, which is why it needs power. But for every wild you get, he gets two successes. That You want to talk about a spiky attack. This is a spiky attack. Especially, wait, you can spend the power to turn one of your hits to a wild. You most definitely can. Um, and if you live the dream and you have seven or eight power, then he can do accelerated charge, which gives him two dice, and it is for the entire attack action. So if you get three people in that beam, which is not hard to do because it's a beam four, and anybody who's played Vision knows how easy it is to get people in a beam four. Um, you are then rolling three separate seven dice attacks. And on all of those, wilds count as two. It's, it's just insane. Um, to give some people some, um, some background, I played Gambit with Wakanda. And I was playing him a lot. And I would obviously have Shuri and a Wakanda reroll. And... I mean, this dice did. I mean, this attack did more damage than in probably any other attack I've played in the game consistently. I, I've had Gambit roll up to my Hulk and one on one him. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's a little more than uh, even I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that is some insane luck. But uh, I mean, the guy's a, a really good. He's a really good damage dealer, um, and then he has the push. Uh, he does have some defensive tech, so he's not just completely void of defensive tech. He has basically, everybody knows it as parting shot. Um, so, I mean, I think this guy's a really good character. I think um, I think he is a quintessential character that you may read his card and be like, eh, yeah, he's not that good. Or people will read his card and be like, oh, this guy's paper thin. I'm not going to play him. He's just going to die. But I promise you, if you get this guy on the table and you play him more, you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Mm. 
Yeah. I think he's a lot better on the table than maybe people give credit for. He, he's he's tanky is the wrong word, but the that parting shot ability, his enhanced agility, makes it so that it is if you don't one shot him, then you don't got him. Yeah. <laughs> unless you have like unless you can do unless you have like a, a range, you can do a, you know, a range two attack and then a range three or range four to follow that up. Yeah. It has to be a range four because probably if you're doing your range two, I think that, uh, I puts think him that, out of range I three. think that, that one will put him out of range three as well. I think you're right. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think the guy is a good character. I think he's underplayed. Uh, like I said, I think his biggest problem in X-Men is X-Men just have an absolute insane suite of three threat characters. Yeah. So, so that is my box. You got anything else to add to Gambit? No, I think he's great. I think he's versatile. I mean, the the box is full of of generalists because they're they're both two characters that can deal quality damage. They both have displacement. Rogues is uh, slightly better than Gambit, but they both have great di- displacement. They both have defensive tech. Rogue's better than Gambit's, but again, she's the four threat. He's the three threat. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they they both do a lot of stuff. Yeah, and one more thing to add to Gambit, too. You know, people talk about, oh, he just dies so easy. Well, let me tell you what. If you do go into Gambit and he hasn't activated and you don't kill him, good luck luck because he can clap back with the best of them so let's say you're like all right i'm gonna go into gambit and i kill him and you only do three or four damage uh get ready to eat that accelerated charge 52 card pickup (laughs) because it's coming yeah exactly so all right so what box did you go with so I hemmed and hawed a lot. I really thought about doing the X twenty three and Honey Badger box because mm-hmm. I thought that's. I think that box was probably the box that changed that changed uh, X Men into being, uh, you know, essentially like a high tier affiliation. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm not going to talk about that one. So, but as a side note, if we did have a third person on this cast, we probably would be talking about that one. So if anyone's looking to pick up three boxes. That's a box you definitely want to include. But the one I went for was actually Beast and Mystique. Mm, I like it. So the biggest reason why I went with that one is because I think that the inclusion of Beast is part of what makes X-Men work and and their game plan, or at least how I play them. Yep. Uh, Beast, you're stealing my splash character, but I'm I'm gonna let you continue. Is your splash character Mystique? <laughs> no, no, it's not. But I think uh, what you're about to say on um, Beast is uh, one of the the reasons. Oh, but keep going, keep I going. I see. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> part, one of the things is that X Men hop, and Beast is on a 50 millimeter base in affiliate is the uh, outside of Cable, who is much more expensive. Uh, and I also thought about doing Domino and Cable as a box, but yeah, Domino's great. Dom- and Domino's great, but I don't know how often I bring Cable in. So, but Beast allows that ability for you to use that X Men Hop round one in order to grab and run with extracts that are in the center. 
and you need the you need that 50 millimeter base in order to make that happen so you either pull it from an outer affiliation splash like it sounds like you're doing um or you bring it from beast and uh and that's important for gameplay we'll talk about you know my tactics with x-men later but that's key to that so remember that part but also beast is really good <laughs> you know beast is yes, he's, he's the only uh character um the only uh three threat character that x-men have that is not five health on both sides he's a little so he's a little a little chunkier he's got the he's got that um that four defense value at uh for physical defense value rather on on his uh on his physical and his attacks are good. He's got a range three five dive attack. He's super mobile. His his spender, which I think is criminally underused, just because of the mobility to be able to advance medium afterwards and be able to push t- target size three. He's got a throw, and his power generation is off the charts because he gains power whenever he rolls a skull. And he's got wall, wall crawler, so he's a medium fifty millimeter base with wall, wall crawler. It's great. It's great stuff. And he can reroll dice on his defense. So he's a very defense. Even though he's got that two energy defense, he's very defensive. He's got good attacks, long range attacks, excellent mobility. The biggest problem, which I'm sure you're thinking while I'm talking about his attacks, is he has a mandatory place yeah, on his on his builder. So if he rolls a wild, whether you like it or not. He's placed him within one of that character, which from a fluff perspective, I really appreciate him kind of like going to his that like animal state where he gets angry and he can't control himself, which is kind of factors into that intelligent beast that is that he is. But um, it can it, it, it can put you into some puzzles on your own side on whether you attack this person because you have to move. But yeah, it, it can be a negative, right? Like yeah. mostly it's a positive, but there are situations that come up that it is a negative. The, the negative is that, I mean, obviously if you're worried about, if you need beast to stay where beast is, you don't do the attack. So the negative is that you don't have enough power to do his spender. You don't necessarily, you don't, can't really do anything else. And that beast can end up just being a point sitter. Because you just don't want to use that extra action because you might roll a wild and that just is detrimental to what you're doing. Um, so that that's so he's not without his faults, but I think that the other stuff makes him an excellent uh, three threat to just get around the board, handle extracts, get onto the secures you want, and to facilitate those plays that those getting to the middle of the uh, board plays. Yeah, I agree. I think Beast is, is again, one of those really, really good three-threat characters that uh, X-Men have. I think we would uh, be incorrect if we didn't also uh, say he is only two energy defense, so you have to be careful about who you play him against. Um, People like Guardians of the Galaxy can just shred Beast. Um, He has no stealth or anything like that. Or if you do play him against them, which you can, you just got to be very cagey, keep him in cover, things like that. Um, Because that is is a little tough. Well, luckily, he always has cover. 
That's true. That's true because of uh, if we're playing in X Men Gold, you're right. So I mean, that's that's the part where I don't get too upset. I'm not too upset with Beast, you know, being having the two energy defense because one, we're we're talking X Men Gold, so he's got cover. So more likely than not, as long as you're not double double sculling here, you're gonna at least get one block, which. On two defense, guaranteeing one block is pretty good odds. But also, he has a reroll. And assuming, again, you don't roll a skull on your two dice, which is low odds when you're rolling only two dice, he effectively, at the cost of a power, has three energy defense like most other three threats because he can reroll the one that, di- that didn't work out. Yeah, it's deceiving, right? Like, um, certainly deceiving. But, I mean, I still think it's uh, something that's not sure, a gotta, positive. Yeah, right? you got <laughs> to play around it. I mean, he, he's giving yeah. he's giving it up the fact that he's got a two energy defense. But lots of people um, have it. Like, X-23 is one of the best, is one of the best, if not the best, three threat in the affiliation. And she's got a two mystic defense. So, mm-hmm. you obviously... Beast, you don't want to run as much into Guardians of the Galaxy without some plan. X-23, you don't want to run into Convocation without some plan. And you know what? They luckily have a ton of three threats that you can change them out for. So Very flexible. Yep. So that's great. So, no, I absolutely love Beast. I think it's a great pick. I think Beast is one of the, um, one of the engines that makes X-Men tick. All right. And so my other, his box mate isn't an X-Man um, or X-Woman, but is Mystique. And I mostly brought this box because of Beast. So Mystique is kind of tagging along for the ride, but she still um, fits the theme of being a mutant. You can go with the first class universe and that she was a, she's a good guy, part of the X-Men a little bit. So you can kind of, you know, get your narrative fluff that way. And she also just brings in Deception, which is one of the uh, best tactic cards in the game, um, and also kind of plays into their game plan, which essentially, in my opinion, they want you to come to them. So Beast going in, grabbing center extracts, and moving away forces your opponent to chase after the X-Men using their actions moving because they need to get in close. And Mystique kind of helps with that as well because Mystique pulls them in. She just does it for you. If you don't, whether you want to or not, she's coming in and then the rest of the X-Men can come in and pounce on her on, on whoever is uh, she brought in. She's got rapid fire, which is great. She's got stealth, another character on your team that can have stealth. And, I mean, I've seen Mystique played in a lot of places outside of her affiliation. In fact, I usually see her played outside of her affiliation. And she does work, especially against teams that have defensive tech that require reactive superpowers. Yeah, she's a good character. I mean, any any character who's getting splashed outside their affiliation, which we do see, like you said, Mystique um, get splashed. Um, they have to be a good character. I think that a lot of that is on the strength of Deception. 
um, Agreed. is why she gets a, gets splashed. But that's not to take anything away from her as a character. I think her character card is very good. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've been playing a lot of Punisher lately, and that dude is underrated. And they have very similar, uh, you know, kits. some very similar yeah. kits. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think Mystique is, is good. Very good. Yep, that's all. Awesome. She's good. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I think it's a good box, and I mean, it's like like I said. I think Beast is a a pretty mu- almost a much a must in the X Men list. So, all right. Well, let's go ahead and do my out of affiliation. It's going to be re- a little redundant because you stole my thunder. <laughs> you could change it up. Just change it up, all <laughs> No, because I think this guy's really good, and and this will get us a little into, and and I could tell you were already chomping at the bit to kind of get into it, because I think we both play X-Men a little similar. Um, But my out-of-affiliation is Lizard. Um, Yes, he's another another three-threat, but he really excels in in doing some of the things that uh, I think X-Men like to do. kind of like you i think x-men like to get up early in extracts and you know play play that game play the scenario game and uh use that extract advantage to their to their advantage um and lizard is just such a fantastic model for this um like you were talking about with beast he's on that bigger base so uh when you x-men jump it gives you the the center point to move and then come back. Um, And it's really nice to have, when I was playing them, I was, I would routinely play beast and lizard together and I'd have them both on both sides. So you could pick which one you wanted to do. Right. Yeah. Um, Which was very nice. Uh, We all know lizards, a tank man. He's very hard to kill. Even better Uh, with a cover. He's even, even harder to kill with cover. Um, he does like the, if you get in the bind, he does like the, um, the X-Men jump. He is very mobile, which kind of fits their game plan. They like mobile characters to work on that scenario and that crisis. Um, he has the minus one damage. He's got a throw and a push to, again, help facilitate scenario play. If you can get up early on the, the opponent, you can kind of just make them come to you and, and kind of dominate board position. So uh, my out affiliation was the good old Kurt Connors lizard. Yeah, he's great. I mean, he's one of the best splash threes in the game. He plays exactly what they want to do. He is for all intents and purposes. He's kind of like an out of affiliation beast. Yeah. Uh, with uh, an out of affiliation tankier version of Beast. Beast yeah, is I was going to say, it's harder to kill. Yeah. Beast, Lizard's harder to kill. Beast has a little bit more offense and uh, a little more mobility. I mean, they both are 50 millimeter with a medium move and wall crawler, but Beast has all that mo- movement on his attacks. Mm-hmm. So they're very, they have similar game plans, but different, and they both do well with the, with the leadership. I agree. I, I think he's good, and I think Beast is good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right, who you got? So I went. So it was very hard for me to pick an affiliation character. It was kind of hard. I'm not going to lie. Like, usually on these things, I'm like, oh, I know I'm going to pick out of affiliation. No problem. I was like, 
man, I really love Lizard, but let me try to think of somebody else. And I was like, man, there's, it's hard to think of one. It's been a while since I've run an X-Men list that had an out-of-affiliation character, <laughs> to be honest. But I did have one to bring, because I, I tried to think of what are the things that they are missing and what things they, one thing that they don't have a lot of, at least in the, the style of play that I play with, is mystic attacks. Now, they do have magic, but she's an, n- kind of a tech piece, in my opinion. Um, so I went with Hood. He's becoming a very, I've noticed, he's becoming a very, very popular splash. And I was in love with Hood when he was released. So I'm all for it. You can, my hot take on Hood was, I thought he was fantastic. And I think he's really, really gained traction over time. Well, I will admit, because I am a man uh, who's willing to admit, I was very cool on Hood. Uh, and I'm not, I don't think that he is as fantastic as some people made him out to be when he came out. There's still a lot of things about Hood I do not like, but I've definitely warmed up more to him. I think in this affiliation, he definitely does a lot more because... Um, because he brings a mystic rapid fire, which is great. He brings a heal, which is very helpful for the X-Men um, who kind of want to, who kind of are a little, a little flimsy once they get attacked. Like they'll get that one attack and maybe they can survive, but they still are mostly five, five, you know, three threat characters. So having someone who can negate that damage to them and keep them going very powerful and to 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 not necessarily have to use the power for the invisibility cloak because of the leadership i think is also really helpful for hood it very synergized as well with hood so that he can use that power on his amazing spender or his heels and you flip him over to his other side, and he starts re- he starts charging into people and wrecking into them. And also, transform mechanics are pretty good because transform mechanics can allow you to bump out of that range two um, band so that he can get that cover again. Yeah, that's a neat neat little uh, neat little trick with the transform for sure. Yeah, I mean. I'll have to be honest. This is more head theory than anything else because, again, I usually play X Men, but uh, I think that he does bring a lot to the team, and I think that the team really likes to bring people, bring in a target, and then annihilate it. And I think he is very health, very good at um, joining in on the annihilation. Yeah, I think Hood is an extremely splashable character in general because he does two things that almost every list wants. He can heal, which almost every list wants, and he has a mystic, a good mystic attack, which most lists outside of convocation want. So I think you can never go wrong with Hood. I think he's extremely splashable. Um so, I mean, I completely agree. I think Hood's a great character. I'm higher on Hood than you are. Um, just in general, I think Hood's a great character. Uh, like you said, his spender can be brutal. Um, 
dice dependent, but obviously brutal. Um, I think he's just a wonderful character. I think that uh, another thing that we didn't really mention, but um, rapid fire characters like that place too um, from X-Men. Because one thing that I love about Punisher, and I know this is not a Punisher show, and this is the second time I brought him up, but I think Punisher is underrated and a very good character. And one of the reasons is, is you can move him either into rapid fire or rapid fire somebody twice and then move out of range. And so that kind of jumping in and out of range is very good with rapid fire characters because if you have a rapid fire character, you want to be shooting twice. Like when I say twice, you want to be doing both of the rapid fire um, actions. Right. Like you want to shoot them, shoot them again, and then have that next action to be able to do it again because you just, when you're, when you're playing a rapid fire character, you're rolling four dice and you want to roll it as much time as you can to look for that spike. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. It's this, it's kind of the same mentality even with Mystique. So I essentially yeah. essentially asking you to bring in t- two rapid fire characters into your So team. basically you want to bring in the same character twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I didn't choose Punisher because Punisher's uh, aligns a little too closely to Mystique, but yeah, I think the having the the mystic rapid fire is unique. Having the mystic, having the heal is unique, and then also that I mean that spender, his spender is amazing. <laughs> it is. It very very much is. So, well, okay. So we kind of went over the boxes. We went over the leader. Um, let's go over two quick things that I think are very vital, and I think got a very bad rap. Uh, I think they have two very good tactics cards that people were very down on that I think are actually pretty good. I think, uh, let's start with the one that I think is the better of the two, and that's, to me, my X-Men. Okay. Um, I'm on record a million times saying I think out-of-activation movement is maybe the strongest thing in the game. Um, I think especially once you get in the higher levels of competitiveness, out of action, out of activation, I can't speak, but out of activation movement is just so important. And to be able to do that with, you know, basically your whole team, if you're playing all X-Men, I think it's really, really good. And although people compare it to Avengers Assemble, and I agree, unfortunately, it's not quite as good as that. It's still a really powerful card. Well, it's kind of it's kind of like Avengers Assemble, but different, right? Correct. Because it has There's... that, it has that, it has a little bit more flexibility in that you just need the one person to spend it, and it allows you to do certain things like be able to have your character double move to like you can have like Beast double move and take someone Spider infected and then he doesn't have normally with Avengers Assemble you're just stuck there you don't because you used your power with To Me My X-Men it allows Beast to pull back because then Storm could be the one to spend the power to bring him back so it but it does offer a lot more restrictions because it only is towards the person spending it and only that person can spend it yeah, so there's some restrictions. Like you said, there's some positives um, to it where um, that person doesn't have to spend the power. But, I mean, I think overall it's it's a really solid tactics card. And, and when I play X-Men, I bring it almost every time. 
I bring it when I have a plan. It's definitely in my 10. I don't think it always makes my five. I think yeah. the, the other top tactics card is one that almost always makes my five. Really? First yeah. class. Huh? I love first class. But you're not going to use it on. So I, I think first class is good, but you're not going to use it on every crisis is the problem. No, I mean, again, I don't think that you're going to use either of these on every single crisis. Mm -hmm. But I think I think that even if you weren't on a flip secure, I think it it makes its money easily on when you're having a flip secure so that you can grab an extract and try and flip a secure and you can be an Asgardian for a round. And that power economy early is plays into the game plan again of having that early scenario advantage. But even without a, a flip secure, I think first class has value because it allows you to stay ahead of the power race. And also X-Men's powers are a little pricey. So being able to, to get that advantage to get to those that three power to be able to boost your dice or to do a throw or to do whatever you want them to do, to bounce around the board with magic, whatever you're going to choose to do, that first class really really helps and it's i really like mystique's leadership you know and with that and this is better for a round than Mm -hmm. mystique's leadership because you don't even you know you don't even need the power to do it mystique's leadership you have to pay you get it back this one you just first thing you do it's free yeah it's good I, I completely agree. I think it's good. I mean, the only reason I rate to me my X-Men a little higher is because I think it's more general. You can use it more often, personally. Um, but, I mean, yeah, if you're on a flip secure or, I mean, just you, you need some extra power early, it's it's such a good good, good card. Yeah. So. I, I take them both in my 10. I don't know, but I don't always bring them in my 5, but I definitely include them in every roster yeah there's so good so many good unaffiliated cards um it's it's hard to say you play a card every time um but yeah i think they're both really good so well so the last thing i guess and we've already talked about it so i don't know if there's anything else you want to add is just kind of the style of play we both kind of want to get up an early lead try to get some extract advantage and then you can uh, play attrition from there and play like semi attrition control. Um, anything you want to add on style of play? Well, I think something that is kind of alluded to, but we don't, we didn't outright say. But I feel like we both like to play our X Men wide. All of our picks outside, all of our picks outside of Rogue, Rogue in your box have been three threats, and. We talked about how much X Men have amazing three threats, and wrote and sorry, not Rogue Storm herself is a three threat. So you have a cheap leader, you have some amazing splashable, let alone uh, affiliated three threats to play with, and you have a great combination which we hadn't talked about, but X twenty three and Honey Badger. The, that combination of the two of them is phenomenal so you really want to bend into your all these three threats that x-men have to when eventually somebody does come towards you you have a lot of activations a lot of dice a lot of chances to get spikes and just eliminate your target when they come in 
it's it it and I love the thing I love the most about it, and maybe this is why I play with so much X Men in my roster is that it feels like X Men cinematic, like it feels like they are a team working together to take down a bigger target. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I'm right there with you, man. When I'm playing X-Men, I'm usually going wide. Um, they have some cool five threats in Cable and Jean Grey. I think they have their their uses, but for the most part, the highest threat I'm playing is Rogue at four, and if I'm not playing her, I'm just playing a bunch of three threats and maybe Honey Badger. That's right. I, I When I played my league game against... Andy, I think his name is Murray, um, over by by Merzane and uh, and uh, Kenny. Kenny, Kenny, that's his name, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Uh, over in their territory, I played our game, and I put uh, Hulk just a little too close to the center of the board, and he just rolled up with magic. Um, uh, he didn't even attack Hulk with magic because Steve Rogers was there and took the shots for for Hulk, and then she just journeyed through limboed him <laughs> right into right to right into the board, and then had his entire team pounce. And it it still took like a round or two to take out Hulk, but at that point Hulk was kind of just running away from all of these mutants swarming over him. I could just see the cinematic in my 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 mind's eye as these mutants are just blasting at him and he's going (laughs) well you know he they knew that was going to happen and they knew it was a good strategy because they practiced it in the danger room right Mm -hmm. this show wouldn't be possible without the members of the guild hall and our sponsors tritex games based in the eu and war room hobbies based here in tennessee both are great local gaming stores that have game nights and are supporting their local communities. So if you're shopping online, please consider using them as an option to support an LGS instead of a company like Amazon. And to help beat those prices, I have some codes that will save you even more off their already discounted prices. If you use the code TRITEXGGCP5 at checkout, you will save an extra 5% off from Tritex's MCP selection. And if you check out at War Room Hobbies, you can use the code MCP2022 for an extra 10% off of your order. And if you already are shopping from your LGS and are wanting to support the Guild's videos or podcasts, check out our Patreon page. For as little as a dollar a month or $12 a year, you help us continue to put out content for Marvel Crisis Protocol. Uh, I think that's a pretty good review. We have a couple uh, listener questions we can get to. Let's do it. Um, Rylan asked three questions. I will I will have to say we have kind of answered these, but we'll go kind of over them again. Um, his first question is top five out of affiliation picks with Storm. Um, we've already given kind of three out of affiliation picks with Storm. I'll give another one. Um, uh, again, our friend Coffee Time was playing a lot of Hulkbuster mm. um, with X-Men. I think he is a, a great pick. Um, he is really good scenario. He helps them deal with size four 
um, which not a lot of them can really only rogue. Um, so he helps with the, the big boys to handle them. He has obviously you put cover on him and he can reduce one. He becomes very hard to kill. Um, and then he has that huge base, which jumping off that thing is, is just cash money. Yeah. Um, I feel like you got I, anybody else. I feel like the answer I answered it by saying I don't really like to bring other people in. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, I, we both like to play a lot of X Men. Um, I do yeah. it partly I, yeah. because I think they can, partly because I like to do it thematically. I could give you an answer, but my heart won't be in it. I'm just yeah. going to be giving an answer to meet a quota. Don't don't bring out affiliation. Bring the mutants. They'll treat you good. Absolutely. Uh, Number two is the number one most underrated team tactic card with a Storm-led X-Men squad. We disagreed on that slightly, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you talk about in affiliations, do you have any out-of-affiliation cards that you really like with X-Men? I really like um, March for Death with them, mostly because I like the fact that... um, you know, another example was when, I, you know, Andy had taken my Hulk. He marked for death my Hulk, which mm-hmm. you wouldn't normally. I would. I didn't even think of that being a possibility. I thought I. I thought I played him because he thought I was going to bring Black Cat because I had Avengers, <laughs> and then I rolled up there with nobody who has stealth, and I was like, "Ha, gotcha!" But being able to eliminate that those rerolls, those defensive techs. Um, really helps that game plan, even if you're not using it just to, you know, for the for the u- normal use case of just taking. But I suppose just to throw in another one that popped into my head, no matter the cost, probably is uh, almost an auto include with X twenty three or exceptional healing. Exceptional healing is a, also a phenomenal. Uh, well, with the both of them, if you're bringing the two of them, I think it's. It's, it's cash money to bring exceptional healing because one of them is going to use it and it's going to feel bad when either one does. And if you take my advice and bring a three-threat lizard, they can all three use it. That's true. That's true. I do I do feel like I prefer on the, the sisters because I think it synergizes better, even better because they still take a damage and that still procs their big sis, little sis ability. So... Even though they, not only are you getting them, your your big spike that you are so proud of is getting eaten up by a two threat that's only going to take one damage, but now X twenty three is going to get that free medium move into you. So it's got oh, a really definitely. really nice synergies. Those those wolf, those cards that are that are made to make Wolverine good are even better on his clones. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, I think exceptional healing is pretty much auto include with uh, in the ten. Um, if you're playing X-Men. So another one that obviously we all know is super powerful, but we talked about how we like to play wide uh, is field dressing. Um, they yeah. utilize field dressing really well. Uh, a lot of their characters, you know, we talked about Gambit coming back with a lot of power. At, you know, some of these other characters, they do, they can do a lot with a lot of power. So um, field dressing is a real good card for them. Yeah, I think I'm a field dressing brace guy with them just because they also are five health characters, so they can 
go down from a good throw. Yeah, I, I'm, I've come to the conclusion, Me, I know me and you have had a lot of back and forth talk about this, but I, I've come to the conclusion that I'm a field dressing brace guy with every single affiliation. <laughs> well, I don't feel that I've tried to put it in that med pack, man, and it, field I, dressing is just too impactful. I love me, I love me that med pack <laughs> so much. It has saved me so many games. Uh, but here, I would not do it just because I feel like these characters are either getting, they're either getting one shot or getting the building thrown at them. So, yeah, and that's sure. the that's the thing you're the most worried about with X Men. All right, so we got one more from Rylan. We just caught it. He just added it. Um, why should At Merzane play Omega Red in Storm's X Men? Well, I think well, I think Rosane already answered by saying no. So people who might not get this, this is a little inside joke because Merzane cannot stand those lovely tentacles that come out of Omega Red. So anytime you ever see Josh or Merzane, please start talking about Omega Red's tentacles. Or post a picture. Or post a picture or like a, like a nice close up. Or give him all, all the crap he gives everybody else. So, I also think that Merzane should not play Omega Red in Storm's X Men. I don't. I don't think Omega Red's great with them. No, I don't. Although he does like the jump because he's small. I mean, he likes short the, movement. He, he's got a medium base. He likes the jump, uh, and he's got damage reduction, so he likes the cover. He's not horrible, but I just. I feel like if you're going for a fourth rate, you need to go for a higher impact piece. I think the things that Omega Red does, I mean, he does. I mean, he does poison for free, and that helps with that power, that power uh, race that I kind of talked about earlier. He sounds like a fun pick, but he doesn't feel thematic either. I just wouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's get to our last one. Uh, our good friend Kenny G. Luckily, we remembered his name. Um, he says, "For a while, X Men weren't viewed as super competitive. What turned that around?" Um, you go ahead and answer that. I first. think it's I think it's the release of the Gambit and Rogue boxes and the X twenty three and Honey Badger boxes. I think that those uh, four characters um, added to. And I'm not saying not taking anything away from Magic, who I do love in X Men, um, but I think if her coming out by herself was not as much of a game changer, but those four characters coming out just really solidified that game plan of being able to run these wide, large teams with X Men with a lot of bouncing around, hopping, and attrition. They just, it always felt like, I guess it always felt like when you played X-Men, you kind of felt like everything X-Men does, other people do better. Why am I playing X-Men when other people can go wider, other people's dice are better, other people's four threats are better, so why am I playing X-Men? And then they came out with a premier four threat and a bunch of excellent three threats three threats and a two threat that's really good too that plays into their game plan and suddenly they can do those things great they can do those things just as well as anybody else now yeah i completely agree i mean not much else to add i think that the new releases are what 
brought them to uh, basically top tier. I mean, I think there's a, a large group of affiliations that are top tier. I think X-Men's one of them. Um, I really do. Uh, I think they're good, and I think it's the new releases. You know, trying to – I love Wolverine. He's my favorite superhero growing up. He was literally my favorite one. Uh, but trying to consistently win four or five games at the top level playing Wolverine and Cyclops, it was hard. Um, and they just ran out of steam. And so I think these releases have really helped them. I think that – and just to – go on that I, I do think that wolverine and cyclops are fantastic characters to bring you know in any you know if you're just going to play with your friend um or if you just want to go and you want to play with them i think you'll still see some level of success with them it's just like you said their consistency to be able to be to perform when you need to get three to four wins in one day is what kept them from being you know quote-unquote competitive yeah, and I still think, and I, I honestly believe this, that Wolverine is. I'm going to try to play him anytime I get cubes. So um, he he's really good on cubes. I, I really do believe that. But yeah, the rest of the time, <laughs> going to be reaching for Rogue. But then why wouldn't you just use X23? As I, I use them both. Oh, I guess that's true. <laughs> I use them both, and I have exceptional healing and Lizard. <laughs> hey, Lizard's also really good in cubes. So That's true. you're you're giving away people my secret sauce. <laughs> I'm hey, just kidding. Hey, you, um, I do think though that's a really good team. I do think Wolverine X23 Lizard then Storm and like another three or whatever you need uh, is a really good team on cubes. Yeah, who would have thought three healing factor characters? Why not Deadpool? Mm, let's not go that far. I I think we we had kind of peaked, and I think now we're kind of coming down with that one. So let's not quite go there. Uh, so, to, all right, uh, guys, before before we, before we sign off, and maybe this doesn't even make it into the final edit, but we haven't done this in a while. But sooner, do you have an end game? Ah, the old end game. I can't remember the last in game I did. I think I. I can't remember my last in game. Do I have an in game now? Yes, I do. And this in game is going to be directed at one Kenny G. Uh, this individual who I thought was my friend. I talked to him about board games and he sold me on this board game and how great it was. And I picked it up. This board game is called Wingspan. And I went on a little trip. And I played it when I was on my trip. Because it was a like, trip to a cabin. You know, we had needed stuff to do. And I loved it. It's a fantastic game. And I got back and I was like, Kenny, man, we need to play some Wingspan. He's like, oh, yeah, for sure. You know, every time I try to play wingspan with them, you know, the only thing I hear? Crickets. Yeah. Crickets, man. Sorry, I can't do it tonight. It's hurt. It hurts hurt my soul. So, but on a more serious note, wingspan, I, I did pick that game up. And if you like board games, it's a really cool board game. It's a little uh, strategy game about birds, which sounds kind of weird, but it's actually really fun. Yeah, I played it once and um, I didn't win 
when I played, but I did better than I thought, and I'm not sure exactly why I did better than I thought. I definitely went in a vulture meta, and ah. and everyone told me that's pretty powerful for somebody who uh, going double vulture for someone who's never played before, and I didn't understand why until literally the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. was good, but also I realized at the end of the game why it also holds you back. So vultures strong, but also vultures can hurt you. Yes, yes. What is your end game? My end game, I'm gonna keep it with uh, some Marvel because um, I, I think the gospel of this needs to go out to the people, and I am loving Ms. Marvel. Nice. The- it is. Yeah, I haven't watched uh, the second episode yet, so obviously I, you wouldn't spoil it anyway. But I wouldn't spoil it anyway. I did just watch the second episode today. And is it good? It's good. You can tell I, me that. It's not. I will say I don't think it's you know quote unquote as good as the first episode, but yeah. all the things that I love about the first episode are there in the second episode. Um, the characters are just they just leap off of the screen the colors the cinematography the energy the pacing I mean this is like uh, if you like Scott Pilgrim you're gonna like this if you like the Raimi Spider-Man movies you're gonna like this like it has all those elements kind of mixed in it's just such a blast and a joy and I just sit and watch it and I just realize I'm just smiling the whole time I'm just sitting with it goofy smile watching this show and I, I love it and i think that a lot of people might have been turned off from it i certainly was but because the trailers were pretty atrocious i i, I was yeah, looking were. i was looking at this this one and i was thinking like maybe i skipped this one and one of my friends even said this is the only marvel thing i'm gonna skip because i have zero desire to to you know in his mind waste like six hours of his life watching this and now he's going to watch it because I've been just talking nonstop about how great this show is. Nice. Nice. I like it. She's doing a real good job. I mean, I've only watched the first episode, but uh, it was very good. And I think she's doing a real good job as, you know, the character. She's perfect. She's a perfect. Uh, she's perfect. It's almost like uh, Kevin Feige or Feige. Uh, almost like he knows what he's doing, you know? I, you know it's not just him. Like, um, I forgot her name. I, I usually always know know this stuff, but like um, yeah, I watched the director. video. There's a is it Infinity War? So I'm obsessed with Infinity War. I think it's the greatest movie known to mankind. And when it first came out on video, I bought it, and I didn't realize I bought like the like extended like seven hour version, right. and it has like all the interview with the uh, directors and things like that. And there, I think there's a part of it where they it's about the casting director and it's that Fitt. lady. That's her name. Yeah, Sarah it's Fitt. the lady. Yep. And so she's, how good of a job she does. She's been casting. She's basically been the reason that she's casted the entire MCU. So ever you sit around and say constantly over and over again, how this actor is perfect is the perfect actor for, you know, the role. Like this is her. She's done it. The movies, the TV shows, she does that all. She has cast this entire thing. And even when you sit there and say, eh, I don't know if that's that great. And then it turns out to knock your socks off. It She is the reason. So you got to give credit where credit's due. Sarah Finn found this gem and she's doing a phenomenal job. Yep, I agree. 
100%. So, well, I think that will do it. We made the end game. We got uh, a lot of good information, I think, for X Men. So, people are going to go out there and kick butt with the X Men now. And uh, it's been a pleasure. We'll do it again next week. Yeah. So, we'll see you guys later. Have fun out there. Play some X Men. And keep on gaming.